This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allentempleamec.com slash donate. Thank you for listening. The scripture that was read came from the book of Numbers, the 14th chapter, and the first through the fourth verses were read. I'll read it again. Then all the congregation raised their voices and cried out, and the people wept that night. And all the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the entire congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or even if we had died in this wilderness. So why is the Lord bringing us to this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let's appoint a leader and return to Egypt. Sometimes it can be difficult to see the possibilities of anything good happening in our lives when all we can see around us are the problems we're facing. It's hard to see success when all we know is failure. It's hard to see love when all we know is hate. It's hard to see hope when all we know is despair. And it is hard to see life when all we know is death. So sometimes it can be difficult to see the possibilities of anything good happening in our lives when all we can see around us are the problems we are facing. But the Christian faith is a life that is rooted in the hope of a resurrection after a certain death. And I am here to tell you that despite where you have been or what you might have been through or even what you may be facing in your life right now, this moment, the way things are are not the way that things will always be. But as true as I believe that to be, we are real people living in a real world with real problems, and it is hard to think about our challenges and not reflect on how things might be today if only we had remained in what I have titled today's message, The Way We Were. Let us pray. Father, we have now come to the preaching hour. Thank you, Lord, that you did not create us to to be vagabonds, but you've created us to give you glory and honor. And so today, Father, we struggle with that. So we need your help. Help us, Lord, to see not just the way we were, but the way we are in you. Bless us now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. One of my favorite songs growing up was a song sung by Barbara Streisand. I don't know how many of y'all ever heard of Barbara Streisand. I don't, I don't know, but she sang a song that was actually made soulful by, get this, by Gladys Knight. Now, I know some of y'all know some Gladys Knight, right? Well, the song was called The Way We Were. I don't know if y'all know that song, but the song was called The Way We Were, and the lyrics of the song captured the essence of nostalgia. You, you know, you know, it, it 
talked about how refreshing it was to be able to reflect on a time gone by. The lyrics go something like this. I'm not going to try to sing it, so don't worry. <laughs> let, me, let me spare you now. My wife is already giving me the eye, right? I'm not going to try to sing it, but it's hard to not sing it when you hear the lyrics, right? But, but, but it goes something like this. Memories. Like the corners of my mind. Misty watercolor memories of the way we were. Scattered pictures of the smiles we left behind. Smiles we gave to one another. I know some of y'all are hearing it. For the way we were. But, but then she asked the question, which takes us out of the bliss of nostalgia and attempts to bring us now into the present by saying this, can it be that it was all so simple then? Or has time rewritten every line? And, and if we had the chance to do it all again, tell me, would we? Could we? And there it is. With all that you and I have been through and all that we know about life and ourselves, if we had the chance to do it all again, would we? Could we? The song then ends with the recognition that since we cannot go back, then we must face the truth of our lives, which is that memories may be beautiful and yet what's too painful to remember. We simply choose to forget. So it's the laughter we will remember. Whenever we remember the way we were. I love that song. But when Barbara sings it, it sounds so peaceful. But when Gladys sings it, it gets into your soul. Into your soul. So I love that song and and. As I think about even the state of the world today, I too find myself wishing sometimes that we could go back to the way things were. When, as Gladys puts it, to remember the kind of September when, the, when life was slow and oh so mellow. When, when we think that the winters were warmer and the grass was greener, the sky was bluer and smiles were bright. For when I think about the way things were, we actually used to, used to really read newspapers and magazines such as Jet and Ebony. Y'all, y'all know I'm talking about. We used to, I grew up on the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew and, you know, it, it, it wasn't just Facebook and Instagram and tickety-tick-tock-tock-tick, right? It, you know, you could actually disagree with somebody politically and it doesn't start a civil war. You know, you could, you could argue with people back in the day the way things were. People today don't have the patience or the tolerance to even listen anymore. You, you know, common courtesies such as please and thank you was far more common back then. You know, you open the door for someone and they walk through because they were entitled to it. I'm just saying, we just, just can we go back to the way things were? Yeah, yeah, now, now, now I'm going to date myself here, but y'all, y'all remember tag where we used to play and run on the streets and, you know, we wait till, you, you'd run until you're like tired, until the street lights come down and you got to, you got to go home, but, but you were tired, and we used to run and fall down and scratch our knees, and we would, we would sometimes break bones, but we didn't die. We didn't die. 
you know. And as I was preparing the sermon, I was, I was thinking, and, and this might be a little more current for some of y'all, but I was thinking, you know, back in the day when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore, but some yeah. days I say I wish I was a kid again. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah, are y'all with me? I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. So, so it's fun to reminisce about the good old days and yeah. wish that we could go back to the way things were. But if you hadn't noticed, the title of my message was not the way things were, but the way we were. For you see, the way things were is about circumstances and events. The way things were is about situations and conditions. And, and am I sure, and I'm sure that no person listening to me right now would want to go back to the way things were when we couldn't attend certain schools. When, when, when we could only work certain jobs and barely earning minimum wage. No one wants to go back to the way things were when we were treated like animals and herded from place to place. No one wants to go back to the way things were when we didn't have the right to vote and heaven forbid that women would say anything in public places. Oh no. It's good to be nostalgic, but not that nostalgic because I wouldn't want to go back to the way things were. And today... If certain people have their way, they would love us all to go back to the way things were using codes like, make America great again. I'm just saying. So we're all living in a time where it is very difficult to see the possibilities of anything good happening when all that we can see around us are the problems we are facing. Are you all tracking with me? When we see people feeling threatened by critical race theory, even though they can't define it. We see people dealing with woke ideology even though they don't understand it. And here's my favorite, when they see black excellence simply because they can't control it. Just ask Serena. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. My point is simply this. When you're faced with challenges that you do not understand and to which you feel threatened, it's easy to want to go back to what you think was better. But if God be for us, then who can be against us? And if he brought us to it, he will certainly take us through it. So the way things were is not the way things will always be. Which brings us now to our text. Now, now by way of context, Moses had sent some spies to go and explore the land of the Negev for 40 days. And the men had returned with their report. And now the men who exploded, they came back and stated that, wait a second, the land was filled with giants. Giants all over the land. There is no way we can take this land. It is impossible. It is a bad thing. And they were really feeling and facing the fear and how daunting it was that God would have taken them out of the Egyptian bondage, bring them to a place where they now have to deal with something that they cannot manage or control. So what do they do? They believe that God, through Moses and Aaron, had promised them that they would be entering a land flowing with milk and honey, and that it was theirs for the taking. But there's giants in the land. And because of this, the, the, the Israelites now let their fear outweigh God's commands. And this fear now is what they now turn now into rebellion and disrespect against Moses and Aaron. 
The people literally now did not trust God's plans for them, so they decided to take it out on Moses and Aaron. You know, we just sang the song, I will trust in you, Lord. We just sang the song. But the truth of the matter is, let the giants you face be so mighty and strong that you look around at them and you say, wait a second, I thought you created me to be an overcomer. This is too much. And then we forget the God that brought us from a mighty long way. Listen, let me talk to my African-American brothers and sisters for a moment. I believe in all of my heart, and I hope you hear my spirit, that there was no other race on this earth that could have endured 400 years of what we've gone through and still, still show excellence. I'm telling you, I'm proud. So even though, you know, our AME church got some challenges, listen, let me tell you, brothers and sisters, if you didn't know that AME was really the underline for Brown versus Board of Education, you might think differently about this AME church. If you knew, if you knew that Rosa Parks was AME, you might recognize that you're part of something so much greater than yourself. So we can say there's a lot wrong with the church, and there is. There is, and there's a lot wrong with you and me. <laughs> but all we need to do is to lean in to the Lord. That ever unchanging hand. If we lean a little bit into the Lord, brothers and sisters, we might bend. But we won't break. We won't break. So the people in their rebellion, in their rebellion now against Moses and Aaron, decide to have an insurrection against them because they literally thought it was better, hear me church, to make Egypt great again. You see, they were mega, not MAGA. See? Let's go back to Egypt. Let's make Egypt great again. They wanted to be mega, not MAGA, for they wanted to go back to the way they were. In this text, many, many of what we're experiencing in our nation is paralleled right now in what we see in this text and what we see in the world today. We have chosen to lean to our own understanding and have leaned so far that we have forgotten God. And since I can only speak for the church, we have unfortunately decided to be of the world instead of being in the world. Taking our cues from the world by drawing up our own battle lines between conservative or liberal, evangelical or mainline, Protestant or Catholic, and have even outsourced our divine mandates in order to be culturally relevant, techno-savvy, purpose-driven, ecclesiastical entrepreneurs. We're everything else but what God has called us to be. Religion in America has become comfortable with narcissism and greed. But the worst part of it all, the worst part of it all, church, is that we appear as the church to be giving that narcissism and greed spiritual legitimacy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the church is saying it's okay to not have character. It's as long as we can get who we want on the Supreme Court, we can take anything. The, what has happened to the church? What is wrong with all of us? And I'm not just blaming one group. I'm saying it's all of us. Yeah. What 
has happened to us. In essence, our assimilation into the world's ways and the syncretism of the world's system into our ministry has effectively silenced our witness. People do not believe in the God we believe in because we show them we don't believe him either. The moment trouble comes in our lives, we're quick to go find somebody else to help us. Meanwhile, the first place we need to go is to our knees and say, God, you brought me here. You said you'll never leave me or forsake me. You said that you have come that I may have life and have it more abundantly. You said God can handle our anger. God can handle our fears. The problem is, are you wanting to go back to where you came from? God forbid. We seem to have forgotten our first love and our churches in many ways have become Christless. God is used as our, as our personal resource rather than a deity that is to be known, worshipped, and trusted. Sound doctrine has either been forgotten, assumed, ignored, or distorted by the habits and rituals of daily life in a narcissistic, individualistic culture. I am telling you the truth. Even if we have sound doctrine, even if our churches from the pulpit want to preach the truth, the fact of the matter is we don't go certain places because we are afraid to be ridiculed or even to be canceled. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm going to digress here. They tried to cancel him when they hung him on a tree. They tried to cancel him when they pierced his hands. They tried to cancel him when they pierced his feet. They tried to cancel him when they pierced his side. They tried to cancel him when they dragged him off the tree. They tried to cancel him when they put him in the tomb. They tried to cancel him when they rolled the stone. They tried to cancel him when they walked away. But three days later, three days later, three days later, he got up, he rose up, and when he got up, I can hear Jesus say, Cancel this. Cancel this. Cancel this. What, church, what have we become? If Jesus were to return today, would he even recognize us? Well, the fact is, there are some in our more radically conservative circles that showcase huge American flags in their pulpits while promoting slogans like guns, flags, and babies as they pose for their Christmas photos with their AR-15s. But not to be outdone, we also have those on the radical liberal or shall we say more progressive side that will tell you that gender fluidity is normal and you can change yourself simply because of how you feel today today so I feel like this today so I'm gonna be this but I feel like that tomorrow so I'm gonna be that what is wrong and the church is sitting watching idly by and going yeah let him use you baby 
seeing all of this is why I can understand why the Israelites would say in the wilderness to Moses, hear me church, why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? That's what they said. <laughs> our wives and our little ones will become plunder. We're seeing that in our eyes. I am afraid of what my children are watching on social media. They, they, I'm telling you, they don't need to knock on your door. They just need to get your IP address. So the Israelites say to Moses, when they see all these giants, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all of this, they see all these giants and the Israelites say to Moses, would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? I can understand it. I can understand the fear that we feel when we're in situations that God has not yet responded and given us an answer for. It is easy for me to say, Lord, I think we need to, we need to go back, Lord. It was better, Lord, when we were segregated. We at least could do our own thing. We, we, we want to go back. Well, we cannot go back. We cannot go back to the way things were. And we cannot go back to the way we were. You see, biblically, and I'll hurry along, biblically, Egypt represents the ways of the world. It encapsulates the world's system of economics with its capitalism, credit cards, interest rates, and commerce. Egypt represents the accumulation of wealth and individualism at its highest levels. Egypt is about the exploitation of people through forced and cheap labor, where the prosperity of the few depends on the poverty of the many. Egypt has people living in daily squalor and lack, while others take joy rides on rockets up in space for 11 minutes. Egypt is what America aspires to be. And America has become what Egypt was. But God has called us out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. It is a light that shines brightly and to which the darkness cannot comprehend. I'm telling you about my God. I don't know if you know him, but I'm telling you about my God. You see, so, so, so out of the darkness of despair and fear and into his marvelous light, the Israelites now are grumbling and complaining at Moses and Aaron for they think they would be better off going back to Egypt. But the part in the text as I prepare to close that bothers me the most is where it says, Let's appoint a leader and return to Egypt. Let's appoint a leader and return to Egypt. Let's pick someone who will be a puppet and do our bidding. Let's pick someone who can tell us the things we want to hear. Let's pick someone who has little to no integrity. Let's pick someone who will follow our agenda. Let's pick someone who will take us back to the way we were. Let's pick someone who doesn't know God. Church, 
after all that you have seen God do in your life, how he brought you from the pit of hell and despair in your soul, when you thought that you would never make it this far, when you thought that you would never finish school, when you thought you would never make it to college, when you thought you would never find a job, when you thought you'd never get out of poverty and debt, when you thought that you would never get healed, when you thought you'd never find the forgiveness that you sought from a loved one, when you thought you could never forgive a loved one, when you thought you couldn't get free from your addiction, when you thought you would never find peace of God in all of your storms, why on earth would you want to go back? Why on earth would you want to go back to the way you were when things were not working for you in your life why on earth would you want to go back to Egypt the scriptures tell us you were dead in your transgressions and sins God who is rich in mercy made you alive in Christ saving you by his grace for it is by grace that you have been saved and God raised you up with Christ and has seated you with him in the heavenly realms in order that he might show the uncomparable riches of his grace for it's by grace you have been saved through faith not from yourselves so that none of you can boast you are God's handiwork created in Jesus Christ to do good work which God prepared in advance for every single one of us to do God has a plan for every single person in this room and who's listening to me online. And your life right now, as it is, is not an indicator of where God is taking you. Where you are right now is just the beginning. But if you hold on for just a little while longer, when you feel like running away and going back to Egypt, Jesus is saying, I stand at the door and knock. Let me in. For remember, there was a time where you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away, he has now brought you near by his blood. Brothers and sisters, that's good news. In a world that is falling apart right before our very eyes. And after Christ. After all that Christ has done for you and for us. How he delivered your soul. Why on earth would you want to go back to the way we were? Was there peace in the drugs and alcohol? Was there peace in promiscuity? Was there peace in your identity crisis? Was there peace in your misogyny and your racism and your sexism and all the other isms that I can't even name? Was there peace in your fear and anxiety? Was there peace 
in Egypt? Beloved, the simple truth is that if we are not being led by God, we are being led by the world, which will ultimately result in our destruction. Amen. Going anywhere without Jesus is risky and far more dangerous than any giants you can face in any promised land. Jesus is our shield, our protection. He is the lifter of our heads. And so we must keep him close to us. God is the one that is always in control and in the driver's seat of our lives. And what I need to do is to hearken to his voice when I hear it. And not to harden my heart. Because he has me on a path that was laid out for me from the foundation of the world. That's the God we serve. And that's the God in whom I believe. So we cannot go back to the way things were. But neither should we want to go back to the way we were. God has a plan for all of us. And if there's anything we should remember, it's that he died so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Can it be that it was all so simple then? Or has time rewritten every line? But if we had the chance to do it all again, tell me, could we? Would we? Today we take communion. And the Lord says, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. May the Lord richly, richly bless you, my beloved.